being in the right place at the right time. How many of you like to be in the right place at the right time? Me too. Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was been conceived. And when the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. Who was a righteous, who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, everybody say moved, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised. Now you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that we be spoken against. So that, through, so that the thoughts of the hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. Father, we thank you for what you've done already in this service. I ask that you would come by your power, come by your anointing. Lord, let this not just be a lecture. Let there come a download, a release of truth that transform us. Come on, lift your voice before God. Ask Him to touch you today. Ask Him to, ask him to change your life today. Touch and change us today by your power. Hallelujah. And we give you praise for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. When you read the Word of God, it's always good to ask why, who, what, where, why. Ask questions. Don't just read it. One of the questions that came to me as I prepared <laughs> in the wee hours of the morning last night, this morning I should say, Is why did Luke tell this story? He said, because it happened. Yes, that's a good answer, because it happened. But he didn't tell of the wise men or the murder of the babies at the hand of Herod. There's a purpose in why the story is told. The Word of God is never aimless. It's true. It's inerrant. So Luke tells this story. I believe the reason that Luke shares 
what he shares under the inspiration of the Word of God is because I believe that he's sharing how God fulfills his Word. I want to tell you this morning that God fulfills his Word. He's not obligated to stand over your opinions, but he does stand over his Word to see it performed. He sends it forth and it doesn't return void unto him. It accomplishes the task for which he sent it. Now look at the flow of thought here of of chapter 2. John the Baptist, well, Jesus' story is told. But prior to that, John the Baptist's story is told. In chapter 1. Why would he tell of the story of John the Baptist? Because he was prophesied 400 years prior that there would be one in the spirit of Elijah who would come, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. One a voice calling out in the desert. That was John the Baptist. Malachi chapter 4. Luke continues uh, again in the Holy Ghost and he, the words of the angel to Mary. Look at verse 26. To give him the name Jesus. Jehovah is our Savior. He will be great. Called the Son of God. Elizabeth's prophecy. She even calls my Lord. When, when the baby leaps in her womb, Mary comes to visit. The baby leaps in her womb and she prophesies and calls him my Lord. Over and over, the shepherd and the angels. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. The peace, the peace of God, the shalom of God. He's basically going through prophecy of the Old Testament showing that at the birth of Jesus and at this time was the fulfillment of so many Old Testament prophecies. You know why? Because God is the fulfiller of His promise. He's a promise keeper. Come on, somebody say promise. He's a promise keeper. How many of you remember that men's group years ago? I mean, they're probably still around, but powerful men's group called Promise Keepers. But in this text we see a deeper revelation of God fulfilling His promise and fulfilling His Word. Jesus, although sinless, will identify with sinful man. The fact that He's circumcised. I mean, they follow through to the infinitum detail of what had to happen. Circumcision was performed on the eighth day. And that's the time when the name was given. The name Jesus. The eighth day is significant because that was the day that Jesus rose again from the grave. And really as a result of that, He would come and circumcise our hearts. If there had been no resurrection on the eighth day, there would be no circumcision of your heart. There would be no taking out the heart of stone and putting in the heart of flesh. You see, the, the, the redemption of the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn. Redemption of the firstborn. It's, it, the firstborn will be brought to God and it's really a principle of the tithe. The last plague in Egypt, killing the firstborn that belonged to God. Rather, the plague in Egypt, killing of the firstborn. It, you see, the firstborn, it, it's a picture of first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. All through this text here in chapter 1 and chapter 2. The purification after childbirth. A male would be 40 days. A female would be 80 days. You'd have to sacrifice a lamb, a pigeon, unless you're 
Unless you were in need, then you had to buy two, two doves or two pigeons. Obviously, they were in need. All of this points to the reality that we were born into a sinful world and the wonder of this baby, Jesus Christ, and the fulfillment that he brought. His death, his resurrection fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies. I don't know about you, but I'm betting my life on him. Parted time. In verse 31, it says that Jesus would bring salvation to the whole world, both Jews and Gentiles. Simeon prophetically shares that salvation is for everyone. Everybody say that. Salvation is for everyone, Jews and Gentiles alike. This promise of sending His only Son is bigger than anybody knew. In verse 34 and 35, Jesus will confront us. Exposing the hearts. Have you ever been confronted? I hate that, but I love it. Jesus would confront. Everyone will be confronted here. Everyone in this room will be confronted with the way you've lived your life. Your words, your thoughts. He confronts us and reveals our inner thoughts. And I think one of the reasons He does that is so that you can be healed. How's that for a new perspective? When you're angry all the time, let the Lord put His finger on that and realize that you're angry for a reason so you can be healed of your anger. When you struggle with different things, let the Lord put His finger on that and confront you. person at work that drives you up the wall. Come on, the person at your job that drives you nuts or batty, like my dad would say. You're driving me batty. I'm not sure what batty is, but... Do you know God allows for things like that to happen in your life? They're divine assignments. I used to drive from, from Lahui to LALA in Kauai. Or from LALA to Lahui. On Sunday morning we would do two services. Invariably I would get behind what we call in Hawaii Tata. It's somebody in like a mint condition but faded paint from the sun. You know, 1980 Nissan pickup truck. And would drive 20 miles an hour. 30 maybe. Maybe. Maybe 30. And my blood would boil. I'm trying to get to my pulpit on the other side of the island and I'm thinking, for the love of God. Get off the road. And I'd be like, Shaka Paramahaya. And my wife said the same, said this uh, uh, regularly. She said, It's a divine assignment. <laughs> what do you mean, a divine assignment? Who's somebody just revealing the fact that I, God is using the person in my life to show that I needed help with patience? Maybe saving me from breaking the speed limit? Come on, the person that's in your life shows that ugly side of you. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Verse 35, Simeon prophesying Jesus would suffer and die for our sins. Simeon had specific promises. Now, everyone in this room, God has a promise for you. And whether you are aware of it or not, He's got a plan. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. He has a purpose for this church. He has a purpose for the body of Christ. 
But you've got to be in the right place at the right time. It is amazing to me as I look at the text that all of these things are true that I went through. But Simeon had this promise. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see the consolation of Israel. What does that mean? That he would see the Messiah. That he would see the Christ. That he would be there on cue at the right time that his eyes would behold the Messiah. And he didn't know how that would happen. How many of you got a promise? You got no idea how it's going to happen. I got a lot of them. I have no idea. But after looking at this text and thinking about the season that we're in, Christmas is a time for fulfilled promises. All right. How to be in the right place at the right time to fulfill God's promise for your life. How to be in the right place at the right time to fulfill God's promise for your life. Make it personal. Are you ready? Set. Go. How to be in the right place at the right time to fulfill God's promise for my life. Simeon had certain characteristics, certain things that he did. And I believe as a result of those, it caused him to be positioned perfectly to see the fulfillment of the prophetic word that God gave him. It doesn't say that a prophet gave it to him, although it could have. So the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would see the consolation of Israel, that he would see Israel's Messiah. The first thing is, be righteous. Everybody say, be righteous. It says that, that he was a righteous man. He says he was devout, which is the next thing, be devout. But let's talk about righteous for a minute. What does that mean? There's imputed righteousness, and then there's a righteousness that's lived out in your life. Imputed righteousness... Is that what you receive because Jesus died for you and rose from the grave for you? In other words, you might be all messed up and had a horrible life and a horrible history, but when you come to Christ and you, you repent of your sin, you say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave for me. Come in. Make me new. I want to live for you. You're translated into a new place, out of the kingdom of darkness, the Word of God says, into the kingdom of His light. You're given a new nature. He comes and He lives on the inside of you. Right? Okay, you've been made righteous. Everybody say, I've been made righteous. In that moment, you mean the worst rank sinner can pray a prayer like that and be placed in a position of righteousness? Yes. Yes, it's imputed righteousness. Everybody say, imputed. It's placed upon you because of what He did. Now let me say this. You need to renew your mind and learn not to just walk in an imputed righteousness, but literally renew your mind so they learn to be righteous in your life. Now the Bible says that the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That means if you're living right, I love my wife's humility in what she shared this morning. Like all of us. And we're doing our best, believe in God, He's got our whole heart, and then oh, we trip. I got so irritated on the way to church this morning. Can, can I wrap myself out? We're driving. It's raining, snowing, raining, snowing. Whatever it's doing. We're driving, and we had this I mean, we've just been in a whirlwind for three weeks doing these productions, and it's been awesome, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Hallelujah. We had this roll of wrapping paper that's been on the dashboard of my truck for 
three weeks, but it might have been three months. It felt like three months. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Three weeks, roll of wrapping paper. It's really three days, okay? Of course, somebody else should have picked it up besides me. But I, I, I got to the point when it's blocking the defrost on the front of my window. I'm tired. I'm not quite sure what I'm preaching this morning. I'm, I mean, I, got, I didn't get enough sleep. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, we're pressed. I'm feeling a little short on patience right in that moment. And so I said something like, what's up with the wrapping paper? And my wife said something, but I didn't listen, which is not all that uncommon. Jesus, help me. Come on, all the fellows, say, help us, Jesus. Help us, God. Help us. And so, I don't know, I just sort of manifested. I was driving, and I was just like, I've had enough of the wrapping paper. You know what I mean? I've had enough. So I grabbed the wrapping paper, and I conveniently folded it up like an accordion and stuffed it under my seat. I said, I, got, I took care of it. <laughs> Little did I know that it was Danny's favorite wrapping paper who starts to cry in the back. I felt like this big. big. It felt like Daddy Dirtbag. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Instead of El Shaddad, it was El Dirtbag. I pulled the thing out. I had to apologize. Don't laugh, Micah. I pulled the thing out. Had to, had to apologize. I immediately realized, you know what? That was not the greatest way to handle that. And I repented. I thought, oh, I'm sorry. And Hannah fixed it. And it's been redeemed. And it's all good. If I don't tie that into the message, you can just enjoy it as an isolated whole, okay? Everybody say, be righteous. Okay, that, that wasn't righteous. Okay, that was the flesh. The flesh counts for nothing, but the Spirit gives life. Be righteous. When you're righteous, Simeon was a, it says he was a righteous man. It means doing the right thing. To him who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it to him in a sin. This happens to me regularly. I'm walking and I, I'll, I'll open something, whatever, a little piece of... A little, I'm talking about a little piece of paper. I'm not talking about littering. Well, I guess I am talking about littering, but I'm not talking about throwing the whole thing on the ground. I'm talking you rip something, a little piece flies away. Has anybody ever had that happen? I usually take about two, three steps, and then this scripture goes to him who knows a good, ugh, not to do, and doesn't do it to him. And I have to go back and pick up this little scrap of paper and put it in my pocket and throw it out. Why? Because that's the right thing to do. Righteousness. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Simeon was a righteous man. You want to be in the right place at the right time? Live righteously. The second thing, be devout. Everybody say, be devout. He was committed to doing things that pleased God. Devotion. We, we don't hear that too often. Devoted. Devoted to God. Devout. Living devout. The picture is he was a man of prayer. I mean, he's in the temple after all. He's a man of prayer. He was a man of the Word. There's certain things that you can live to please God. Come on, without faith it's impossible to please Him. But by faith you open up your Word in the morning and you get into it like, like, like Megan. Little girl saved for just a month or two. On fire. Some of you wondered where the fire went in your life. When is the last time you broke out your Word and, and began to read it? And write down what God was saying to you. Sometimes we get so, been in the way so long, we're in the way. You know what I mean? You want to get on fire? Return to the basics. Get back in the Word. Get back in prayer. Get back into a fasted lifestyle. Get back into being generous. 
Drive through McDonald's and buy the guy's stuff that's behind you. Do some crazy stuff. Witness. Share your faith. Reach out to somebody. Feed somebody who needs a meal. Bless somebody. Live righteously. Be devoted. Come on, you are the only Jesus some people will ever see. Want to be in the right place at the right time? You've got to be righteous. You've got to, you've got to be devoted. Simeon was devoted. When you move into a greater place of devotion, you position yourself to be in the right place at the right time. How's your devotion? How's your devotional life? I shared recently that we upped it, the devotion time in our home. And we, had so, we were having such a wonderful time. I, mean, I, I can hardly wait till we do the next one. We do it every day. Get in the Word and read the Word and pray for each other and pray for the day. I know we wouldn't have survived the last three weeks if we weren't doing that. It took a little bit of a crisis to get us to do it. In other words, there was strife in the home. We were, we were tired. We were more irritable than usual. And we just said, no, we're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing it. No. And we, we just, let, let's dial this back. What are we doing? Let's get back before, let's get back before our altar in our home. How's your, how's your altar in your home? I'm going to go encourage myself right back here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, it's great. Thank you, God. I'm trying to help your people. Jesus, help us today. How's your, how's your prayer life at home? How's your devotion time at home? All right. Everybody say, be patient. Like I wasn't with the wrapping paper. Be patient in faith. As you grow in God, you'll see there's time lapse before fulfillment. I'm laughing because I've just been through it so often. I have this promise. I'm standing on the promise. And I'm just, you know, I'm just looking. Here it comes. And then, you know, a year goes by. Uh, Two years go by. Three years go by. And I, I lose the sort of the come on spirit my anticipation begins to wane. And then I get in a service and God touches me or I read something and, oh God, I'm going to get back on that. I'm going to wage a good warfare for the prophetic word spoken over my life. And I begin to go for it again. Patience. The older I get, the more I realize that God is... Look, Don't just look for the fulfillment. The whole journey on the way. He's making you, He's forming you, He's fashioning you to become more like Christ. And the patience, listen, Paul wanted to go and bust out and have revival in Ephesus. But what happened? He was delayed. The Spirit said no. Sent him around another way so that he could develop an apostolic team so that he could raise up the Philippian church who would be the biggest givers to Paul who would then fund the revival that then took place. We want to just go to Ephesus right away. But God's setting you up. And if you're not patient... Come on, who knows when Simeon had his who knows when Simeon had his promise? We don't know how long he waited. He could have waited fifty years to see the consolation of Israel. What's your point, Pastor Daniel? I'm telling you this that God has promises, He stands over them to see them performed. But you've got to live righteous, you must be devout, and you have to be patient. You've got to know that God will bring it to you right when you need it, and it won't come one second before. I've found that God is never late. It's late on my time clock. <laughs> I'm like, what's up, God? But He's an on-time God. 
And when you're waiting for things, you know, He shuts one door, He opens a window. We say it this way. He shuts one door, opens a window. Yeah, but it's hell in the hallway. You know, like, where's that window? Where's that window? God, oh, I've never seen the righteous forsaking or begging bread. There's always a ram in the thicket. It's hard to find it sometimes. Hello? Being in the right place at the right time. You've got to be, live righteously like Simeon. Be devout. Be devoted. Read the Word. Pray. Fast. Give. The pillars of the disciplines of walking with Jesus. Witness. Be patient. Everybody say, be patient. Come on, those who wait on the Lord shall. Yes, they shall. That's right. Develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How to be in the right place at the right time. Develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You'll notice that Simeon was moved by the Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit more than ever before. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. Look at, look at verse 25. Be filled with the Spirit. Be open to receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. Be open to receiving revelation. New information. Read the Word. Rhema comes. A living Word will come. Pray. Pray in your car. Speak in tongues a lot. Pray in tongues a whole bunch. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and given given a, a prayer language, seek after it. Desire it. Come to altar calls. Lift your hands in your home. Lift your voice before God. You, you said, do you need that? Yes. Just like your car needs gas to drive, you need the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Spirit of God. Everybody say, be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, listen to His voice. I'm going to tell you how it is for me. Many times, it's just being led by peace. And I've found, I've found for me, I just end up doing the right thing, or God, I mean, my conscious decision, oh, I'm going to do this. Frequently, the greatest breakthroughs I've had in my life, supernatural protection, supernatural breakthrough, being in the right place at the right time, has come by me just being led by God. And what I mean by that is, I just feel like doing something. I just feel, I don't want to go that way today. I'm going to go this way. And so I just constantly led by this peace that leads me. And if I lose my peace, it's all stopping. I lose my peace. There's trouble. We pray. What's going on? It might be intercession for a missionary on the far side of the planet, but it also might be God trying to tell me something so I don't walk off a cliff. I mean, it's great to have the power of the Holy Ghost, but you've got to hear His voice. That's part of the power too. You, you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. To them that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God and daughters of God. So He's led by the Holy Spirit to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, that's quite a scripture. Moved by the Spirit, he goes into the temple. If that's new for you, just begin to ask God, I want to be moved by you to be the right place at the right time. And look for peace. Sometimes we get so packed in our schedule that we're just all jammed in our head trying to figure out the next thing and work our smartphone and answer a text. Training ourselves to be ADD. 60 second bursts of information. What was I talking about? See? 
I led my I left my cell phone at home today, which I don't do too often. But I knew I know I probably have a little bit of an issue when I say that. Oh, I left my cell phone at home. That's just before I crumpled the the uh, paper in my truck, the, the wrapping paper. Prior to crumpling the wrapping paper, I said, "Oh, I left my cell phone." But I wanted to be on time, and it was already ten minutes away from home, so it's too late. So I said, "Oh, I left my cell phone." The whole car says simultaneously, "Praise God." I thought. Lord, are you trying to say something to me? <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah, says Danny in the back. All right, look at E. Be open to being used by God. Simeon picked up the baby and prophesied and blessed Mary and Joseph. Be open to being used by God. Be open. How to be in the right place at the right time. Be righteous. Be devout. Come on, what's the third thing? Have patience. Be patient. Come on, you didn't get your life all messed up in one year. Come on. Might take a little bit more than a year to get you out of the hole that you got into. Hello? Be patient. Be open to being used by God. Simeon picked up the baby, prophesied. Every promise that God gives us is to bless others. It's not about you. It's not about me. The promises of God and the fulfillment of them are to expand His kingdom and to bless other people. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. Simeon, praise God. If you're not thankful, you'll miss God. In fact, we we preached on it recently, ingratitude. If you're not grateful for what you have, then you basically begin to enter into the curse you read Romans chapter 1. Go read Romans chapter 1. It became futile. There's a whole step process when you're not grateful, you're not thankful. You begin to make yourself the center of the universe and you begin to be, become an idolater. And you're not thankful for what you have. I've found that when I'm not thankful, you know, molehills become mountains. And when I am, mountains become molehills. You've got to live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving. Say, yeah, but, no, don't, no, stop with the but. Be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. Simeon, praise God, he was, he, was, he was thankful. And if you're not thankful, I'm just going to tell you, you'll miss God. I'm convinced that the enemy, our flesh, the world, tries to get us irritated so that we miss our divine appointment. So the next time you're irritated... And you're bent out of shape, and you too are folding the wrapping paper on the dashboard, so to speak. How many of you know those rolls don't fold too well? I usually do pretty well, but when I do four hours of sleep, and I, I didn't do too good. When you find yourself getting irritated and bent out of shape, Understand that it could be an assignment from the enemy to move you out of the positioning to be right in the right place at the right time. You want to be you want to be positioned by God right in the right place at the right time. When you start feeling that irritating thing come on you, just let it go. Come on, really, in the big scheme of things, what does wrapping paper really have to do with eternity on the dashboard? I could answer that question. That has a lot to do if you can't see because you could crash your car and end up in eternity. Amen. So. so <laughs> one for me. Sorry, it's a little personal thing. Okay. 
Concluding. I can always slip those things in when my wife steps out of the service for a second. Hallelujah. <laughs> concluding points. Some conclu- a concluding word. Christmas is a season of promises fulfilled. Expect God to fulfill the promises of your life in this season. The whole thing is about Jesus being born in a manger. The whole thing is about the miraculous power of God. And the last point in conclusion. Could you come please? Keep your word. Keep your promises. Be a promise keeper. Be somebody that... Keep your vows to your wife, sir. Ma'am, keep your vows to your husband. Don't don't let somebody chat you up at work and give you all kinds of compliments, ladies. Don't do it. Just because your husband doesn't do it and you long for that, he needs to go through some marriage training. Hello? Gentlemen... If you don't compliment your wife, you're a fool. Forget it. I'm going over here. If you don't compliment your wife, you don't tell her how pretty she looks. Notice the new dress. Notice the new hair color, even though you don't remember the original color. Notice it. Come on, I'm kidding. Come on. At least they have hair, praise the Lord. Notice your wife. Gentlemen, I'm trying to help you. Notice them. Open doors for them. Buy flowers for them. Give them money. Cash. Bless them. Help them. Pray for them. Lay hands on them. Cast the devil. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Probably the other way around. Ladies, you need to pray for your husband. Let me tell you, guys don't need so many compliments. What they need is respect. They need honor. And if you don't honor and respect your husband and you try to be the fourth part of the Trinity, you will have a man that has a hard time giving you what you need. You need to, you need to respect him. You say, I can't respect him. You don't know. Well, you can respect something about him. Find something. Pitch your tent on that and then watch the man grow and become the man of your dreams. Keep your vows to your kids. I had to repent recently. We made a teepee in the back of our house, a, you know, a teepee. And I was going to get the skin on that teepee before the winter, before the snow flood. I didn't do it. And I had to repent to my son. But God has helped me not to do that kind of thing. If I say we're going to go, we're going to go hunting, we're going. We go. Unless there's death or something. Keep your word to your kids. If you don't keep your word to your children, come on, we're supposed to be like God. We're supposed to be a, somebody who fulfills our promise. Fulfill, be, be like that. That's part of being righteous. If you say your kid you're going to do something, then you better do it. Because otherwise you're a liar. Well, hallelujah. Want to be at the right place at the right time. Amen. Very simple word from your very tired pastor. I hope you got something this morning. Stand up on your feet, won't you? We'll have service tonight at 6 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a powerful time. We're going to flow in the Holy Ghost tonight. Prophesy over people. Have a tremendous time. Don't miss tonight. Got a great word from, from the Lord. I don't know what it is yet, but I know it's going to be good.
Come on, just if you've not been living righteously, why don't you just repent? And, and if you need to be another, come on, take it to another level of devotion. Come on, just talk to God. Come on, talk to Him. Just talk to Him. If you've not treated your wife right, sir, correct it right now. Repent. Ladies, same thing. You need to keep your word to your kids because you haven't done it. Repent to them. Look, just because you're a parent doesn't mean you don't repent to your kids. It's a great thing to repent to your children. Models, humility. We need God's help. Amen.
Father, thank you for your precious people. Thank you for Dr. Morocco and his generosity. Thank you for the staff, all the new staff that you've brought here so that we could move forward. Bless the staff, God. Bless Dr. Morocco. Bless your people as they give. In Jesus' name, amen. those online, those listening by podcast. You want to get right with God? Just lift your hand. God bless you. See that hand? Thank you for your honesty. On this side, you want to get right with God? 100%. Let's pray this right out loud. Say with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, fill, touch, heal, deliver. In Jesus' name. I think this song might be familiar to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Praise God.